Let's get an update on what's happening with the news here on this Friday morning. Talk to Nathan Combs over in the news studio. Good morning, Nathan. Morning, John, and happy Friday, everyone. Highly pathogenic avian influenza has been confirmed in Iowa again after more than six weeks without a case. On Wednesday, the Iowa Department of Agriculture and the USDA Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service announced bird flu was identified at a commercial turkey flock in Buena Vista County. The last confirmed case prior to this one was found on December 12th at a commercial turkey facility in Ida County. HBAI has challenged producers in Iowa and around the country for nearly a year. An estimated 58.2 million birds have been euthanized since the outbreaks began in early of 20, uh, 2022. Iowa remains the worst hit by the bird flu with almost 16 million bird deaths. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says the recent HBAI detections in birds do not present a public health concern and it does remain safe to consume poultry products. Carroll Community School District Superintendent Dr. Casey Burlaw says he has concerns about the long-term sustainability of the school choice bill signed by the governor earlier this week, but notes there are some positives in the legislation for public schools as well. The Students First Act creates education savings accounts that provide funds equal to the state's cost per pupil for that budget year, which is just under $7,600 in the program's first year. Once fully implemented, the Students First Act also adds funding to public school districts for students who live in the district but do not attend the public school, Burlaw says that would be a significant new funding source for CCSD. In that case, then the public school would get around 1200 bucks a kid, which we don't currently get. So that would be a new funding stream that would come to the school. It does come to us in the form of categorical funds, which in Iowa and public schools, they can only be spent on certain things. The TSS, or Teacher Salary Supplement Fund, is included in those categorical funds. Staff salary and benefits comprise nearly 80% of a district's budget annually, and prior to the Students' First Act, public schools received no funding for resident children who enrolled in private schools. Burlaw says his chief concern is how the bill will impact education funding years down the road. I think that's the big question mark that we all probably have is what's the future of this, what's the sustainability. It has been projected by the end of three years, has a 900 and some million dollar cost to it. So what's that look like going forward as that continues to grow? Because as we all know, that 7,500 bucks isn't going to stay 7,500 bucks. Just like our state aid per pupil funding isn't going to stay the same each year. The governor's current budget is two and a half percent, and which doesn't stay up with the increases in terms of of inflation and those kind of things. So those are questions that I have. And we've got some figures on what it's going to cost in those first three years. But what's that look like in year four or five? Burlaw says the bill will create an unusual situation in coming years for adjustments to state supplemental aid or SSA as public and private school stakeholders will likely advocate together for more significant increases. Up until this point, public schools have advocated and lobbied each year for additional state aid, which is the driver of our budget. I mean, that's how we can make decisions on programs and hiring bus drivers and teachers and, you know, that kind of thing. Now, going forward, that impacts all of us here in Carroll because that cost, that amount that is getting provided per pupil for the voucher is going to be tied to that to supplemental state aid, too. Burlaw adds that one thing that is staying the same is the fact that Carroll still has two excellent school systems for parents to choose from.
Carroll's unique in that the community forever has had public school and uh, parochial school, and both are good options for families and, and meet needs in the area. So, you know, this issue impacts Carroll differently than it does a lot of rural areas. And we talked about some of the positives in terms of, yeah, there is going to be 1200 bucks per kid eventually that the community school district gets that they didn't get before. When you think about that on a larger scale across the state, there's a lot of places where this may not have a lot of impact on those school districts, but it's also another way to look at it is there's a lot of money flowing into certain pockets of the state that aren't going to a lot of other areas in the state. Governor Kim Reynolds and Republicans at the State House have attempted to pass school choice legislation in the previous two legislative sessions, and their third attempt passed quickly, just 15 days after the session's opening earlier this month. According to the Iowa Department of Agriculture and AAA Iowa, fuel prices continue to climb upward this week. As of Wednesday, the price for a gallon of regular unleaded gasoline averaged $3.33 across the state. That's an 11 cent rise from last week and 18 cents higher than a year ago. The national average on Wednesday stood at $3.48 per gallon. That's 12 cents over the prior week. Iowa retail diesel was up 9 cents to $4.30 per gallon compared to a year ago when prices were at $3.48 per gallon. The national average for diesel fuel Fuel on Wednesday was at 4.66 per gallon, while wholesale ethanol was unchanged from 2.16. And heating fuels, propane prices held steady at a buck 94 per gallon. Home heating oil prices were up 17 cents to 3.77 per gallon. And natural gas prices at the Henry Hub reporting site dipped 41 cents to 2.96 per MMBTU. And a bill that would let Iowans pay extra for a license plate that bears the message, don't tread on me, has cleared a Senate subcommittee. If the bill becomes law, a specialty Iowa license plate in the image of the yellow Gadsden flag would be created with a three-inch tall coiled rattlesnake on the left side and the phrase, don't tread on me, along the bottom. Republican Senator Scott Webster of Bettendorf says he voted to advance the bill out of a subcommittee to continue discussing that proposal. I have a lot of uh, veterans in, in my district that uh, uh, I think may be supportive of this. Senator Tony Bizignano, a Democrat from Des Moines, is urging caution. And I do want to emphasize there's no disrespect in my comments, but it has become a different symbol. It's become an extreme right symbol. It's become an aggressive symbol, a challenging symbol. Senator Mike Clamash, a Republican from Spillville, says he's not sure whether the bill will get approved in the Senate Transportation Committee, but it's now eligible for debate there. About a dozen states sell Gadsden flag specialty license plates, including Missouri and Kansas. The Gadsden flag design dates back to the Revolutionary War. More recently, libertarians have used the flag as a symbol of limited government. It was flown at Tea Party protests against President Obama's health care law. It was also among many of the banners carried into the U.S. Capitol building during rioting two years ago on January 6th. Regardless, though, the flag does have uh, very strong ties to American history. So that is going to wrap up your news right here on, on KCIM in the 6 o'clock hour. I'm Nathan Cohns reporting. Appreciate the update, Nathan. Once again, local news can be found on our website through our mobile app. And of course, you can also find there weather information, the forecast, the radar, the announcements, all of it, 1380kcim.com and through the mobile app. So take a look there. And again, another little bound of winter coming our way here very soon. And we're going to talk about that next on KCIM.